2: well welcome to bet the edge tuesday october 4th thanks everyone watching on the nbc sports youtube channel i'm jay croucher with drew dinsick drew i'm wearing black today (laughs) funeral for the balances in my betting accounts last night so we love the Rams, plus two and a half, particularly at the opener. They didn't love us back at all. They hated us with a passion. Uh, I'm still not entirely sure what happened last night, but we'll break all that down. We're jump into the Offensive Rookie of the Year market, which, speaking of things that make no sense at all, uh, there's that. And then we're going to finish off by looking uh, at the Eagles and the Cardinals. The Cardinals suddenly live in that uh, dumpster fire of a division, the NFC West. Firstly, Drew, thoughts on uh, last night's catastrophe?
3: I almost wore black this morning, too. Uh, glad that I didn't, uh, because you know what? We don't need to bury the season. There are a lot of games left. Uh, although, at, th- at the same time, like, NBA is right around the corner, kind of <laughs> ready, for, <laughs> ready for, for a little basketball, uh, especially after taking a loss like that. Because uh, I think it was about halfway through the first quarter where you felt like, oh, um, might have the wrong side here and it was because of the lack of urgency from the Rams compared to a Niners team that just showed up with all of the fighting spirit in the world. Um, you expected the Niners to come out and look pretty good in the scripted portion of their offense because that is a telltale of the Shanahan, uh, kind of what he gives and what he brings to the table, uh, particularly you know, considering that he knew what he had to work with with Jimmy G and no Trent Williams. The, th- the thesis of Trent Williams mattering, um, Shanahan completely scrubbed that from... You know, being a factor in this game largely because of what he asked Jimmy G to do. Jimmy G was getting the ball out of his hands extremely quickly. Uh, Even on broken plays, even when pressure was getting near him, he was, you know, quick to uh, release that ball. They gave him a lot of easy looks, short depth the target. And ultimately that, you know, made, you know, helped the uh, Niners build a little bit of a lead there. Uh, Rams completely inefficient in the red zone early in this one was frustrating. Uh, And then, you know, you kind of felt like, OK, the mistake is coming. Stafford is pressing. He was lackadaisical the whole game. And, uh, you know, the and similarly McVeigh some poor decisions in terms of when to hand the ball off to Cam Akers and why, uh, you know, is is, uh, is is a huge question mark in my mind. Um, but, yeah, the, the mistake was coming. You could feel it. And then for it to turn into six points the other way and bust the teasers on top of everything. Uh, really, just uh, the icing on the cake. There, um, you know, the thesis for again, the Rams came into the season with we were expecting four All Pros, and if all four stay healthy, this is going to be a team that, that that has a you know a, a fighting chance at a another Super Bowl. Well, right now, only two of them are performing to the level of All Pro, and that is of course Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Stafford nowhere close to the level we saw from him, uh, even in sort of the middling part of last season. Uh, And Jalen Ramsey, what happened to that guy? Uh, I mean, just really, really questionable decision making and open field tackling that, uh, you know, caused those two busted plays. Um, I think ultimately the Niners showed up as a team that was one and two and was playing to save their season at home with a fired up crowd. And the Rams walked in and said, Nah, we beat these guys last year in the NFC Championship. We'll probably do it again. And they did not.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, we talked about it yesterday. We both made. Rams minus one as the fair, but we said that the concern was, and the reason we weren't, you know, it's not a, we didn't think the Rams were a lock or anything, but, and the reason for that is that we were worried that, well, maybe the Niners just have the best defense in the league, and uh, guess what, they have the best defense in the league, and that defensive line just completely overwhelmed the Rams' offensive line, whereas we were hoping, expecting that it would be... The other way around. And as bad as the Rams offense looked, and the fact that they didn't complete a 20 yard play for the first time in 15 years, which isn't ideal when you're on Rams plus two and a half. Uh, but the bigger concern for me is that it just seems a horribly managed game. Like, why are they huddling down two scores with four and a half minutes left and snapping it with three on the play clock? Why are they throwing the ball to Cooper Cup? Uh, for the 18th time with 30 seconds left in the game, down two scores. Like, what What are, what are they doing? Uh, and so it just seemed horribly managed. I mean, the Rams, they had their chances, like Stafford misses Higby uh, for the walk-in touchdown, despite yeah. a little bit of pressure. Nah. Uh, nah. And then, you know, they're still, for everything going wrong, they're still down 17-9, driving with a chance to get the cover. But at the same time, that would have been unjustified. We were definitely on the wrong side. The Niners yeah. deserve that win and that cover. And so now comes a question of what do we do with the NFC West? Because the Los Angeles Rams right now are 26th in DVOA in the NFL. The Niners, who I think we can safely say do have the best defense in the NFL right now. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did not look great last night. And that touchdown to Debo Samuel, that was an inch away from being a pick six. And then it's a completely different game. Uh, he uh, he, He was very jittery, Jimmy G. And I wouldn't be upgrading the Niners offense too much after last night, I mean, they scored 17 points and seven of those were on a superhuman Devo Samuel play, which he does, but you don't want to be counting on that uh, every week. So, I mean, you gave it out yesterday, the Seahawks <laughs> 40-1, to which I come oh, this is the Seahawks 40-1, to but that was when I thought that the Rams were a legitimate contender and now you have to downgrade them. I mean, the Seahawks are 20 to one. I still think that's kind of a bet. I think fair there is probably more like 12 to 1, 15 to one. So the yeah. Seahawks might have the best offense in this division. But uh, what are you doing with that market?
3: Yeah, I think there is only one play. <laughs> it's the Seahawks. It's a long it's shot place. Um, yeah, it was 40 to one yesterday. You said at the time you thought 20 to one was fair. Uh, it twits 20 to one now in light of last night's result. Uh, which I think implies that that's still short. Uh, 12 to 1 is reasonable. i looking at my numbers, I'm closer to 10 to 1. I'm like in between 10 to 1, 12 to 1 there. Um, yeah. but that's basically saying there's a 10% chance the Seahawks can win this division.
2: Yeah, that,
3: that doesn't sound actually outrageous when you say it that way, right? Like, at least all is terrible. Oh, yes, of course. The Geno Smith has a pulse uh, and for whatever it's worth, um, you know, the Seahawks defense is not great. Uh, you know, obviously the Niners, you may said it, the Niners defense is the best in the NFL surely. Uh, but the Jimmy G experience is going to have ups and downs in games where the Niners go out and Jimmy G plays clean through the scripted portion and they gain a lead and then they can let their defense just sort of do their thing. Kind of like last night, they're going to look amazing. But there will be games where it is the shoe is on the other foot, and Jimmy G is asked to come back from a deficit, and it is not going to look as pretty. Uh, And so, you know, there will certainly be, uh, you know, kind of a rocky road, in my opinion, of the Niners. The problem is the Niners the next two weeks have the Panthers and the Falcons. Uh, So they probably probably are going to be sitting atop the NFC West after those two games. Plus, they already have the head-to-head win over the Seahawks. But uh, the Seahawks are alive, in my opinion. And I think um, this is a division where if you can get a super long shot price and we really don't know how these you know—these teams are going to sort themselves out over the balance of all 17 games, You know, we're going to sit here probably in week 14 and still speculate on who is ultimately going to win this division. There is no runaway here. Uh, so taking long shot prices, I think, is the name of the game.
2: Let's just talk about Geno Smith for a while because uh, before we jump into O'Roy, just quickly. So Geno was the 39th pick in the 2013 NFL draft. He started for basically two years, uh, a year and three quarters for a terrible Jets team whose win totals were like six and a half and they had just no offense. And he was bad as a rookie and a second year player and the Rex Ryan, the tail end of the (laughs) Rex Ryan era Jets. And then he wasn't seen again for like eight years. Uh, and now he's getting his first chance since being basically a rookie. And uh, he's right now he's the second-ranked quarterback in the league by DVOA. He's the Crazy. second quarterback in the league by PFF. He has Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and uh, a top-two offense in the NFL right now by DVOA. Like, I don't think that Geno Smith is the second-best quarterback in the NFL but there's a chance he might be the 16th best this year. And uh, there's a chance that this offense might legitimately be the best offense in the division. Rashad Penny was the best running back in the NFL for the last six weeks of last season. Like they have weapons. And I don't know, like what's the win total over under for the winning team in the NFC West? There's probably nine and a half. Yeah. That's where you'd set the line about this. Yes, yes.
3: Yeah. If he can get to 10, they're good. Yeah. yeah.
2: And if he goes nine and eight, there's a chance that they could win it at nine and eight. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm holding Seahawks uh, as a way to get revenge on the Rams'
3: house. Plus, the Rams are fragile. Yes. The Rams are fragile. An injury to Donald, an injury to Cup, for the, and literally forget about the season. Uh, Stafford already is kind of a, a huge red flag injury wise. Uh, yeah. And you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. When was the last time Jimmy Garoppolo played a full healthy season without any kind of missed games due to injury? Can you remind... Oh, he never has. That's right. Uh, It's Literally, I think maybe the one year they went to the Super Bowl, he might have started all 16 games. But whatever the case is, he is a fragile dude as well. Uh, And if you're going to then put your eggs in the Kyler Murray Cliff Kingsbury basket, best of luck to you. Um, So, no. Geno Smith right now is outperforming Jalen Hurts. He's outperforming uh, Russell Wilson. He's outperforming Tom Brady. He's outperforming Uh, Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is, there are only four quarterbacks who have a higher EPA per play than Geno Smith right now, and they are Mahomes and Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Tua. And that is unbelievable. Uh, If he, yeah, against
2: a decent Broncos defense, he was excellent. Um, Yeah. Before we jump into Offensive Rookie of the Year, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit, and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Bengals and Ravens in our Sunday Night 7 contest. A reminder as well, someone did actually win that and uh, took home $50,000 this past weekend uh, following the outcome of Chiefs
0: Bucks This football
3: season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem in Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call one 800 with it in Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800 800 Gambling problem? Call 8778 Hope, New York, or text Hope NY 467 369 in New York.
2: All right. Offensive rookie of the year. It's going to cycle through the favorite, Chris Olave, plus 450. He is the front runner. uh, Damian Pierce, who was 100 to 1 not too long ago, is now plus 700. Second favorite, Romeo Dobbs, who is also 100 to 1. Maybe, I think he was 250 to 1. Uh, he's plus 750. Kenny Pickett is the big story. Uh, he's plus 750. So is Drake London. Brees Hall plus 1,400 uh, with his teammate Garrett Wilson. And then you get into George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, and Isaiah Pacheco. Now, this market's a mess uh, because usually it's anchored and given structure by quarterbacks. Not this year, uh, unless you're a believer in Kenny Pickett after throwing three picks against the Jets. But uh, who are you looking at in this market?
3: Yeah, so the picket question is where you have to start because if he performs in any way, shape, or form, satisfactory or above, then he is going to get the award by default. Um, the problem is it's tough for me to see him doing that considering he's probably going to go 0-13 as a starter. Um, I'm making a little bit of jest here, but you know, the Matt Canada offensive system globally is atrocious. It is awful. He has weapons to work with in the passing game Surely He's going to put up some uh, impressive numbers, particularly in weeks where they are in big time comeback mode and they are asking him to throw the ball 50 times a game. Um, But ultimately, what the vision uh, from sort of the fundamentals and the pillars, uh, the underpinnings of this offense, all check every box of not good in 2022. And then the schedule on top of that is exceptionally hard, particularly this next uh, stretch uh, coming up for them. Uh, so not an easy entry into sort of his you know career as a starter. Still also would very much like to see what he looks like in bad weather conditions, which we would expect later this season, particularly in Pittsburgh. Um, so, you know, a lot to still be answered about Pickett and he is out in my mind, which means you got to take a gamble on one of these offensive skill position players. And that's where I have struggled to really handicap this market for the entirety of the uh, preseason through even four weeks. Um, If you, you know, if you, if you were to sit me down and say, you must take a player that is going to lead the rookies in receiving yards, I'm probably going George Pickens just because Pickett Pickens is a pretty decent connection. And they're going to be in a lot of negative game states, as we just laid out. So he's probably going to be the beneficiary of a decent amount of volume. Um, but the rest of these guys are just in really questionable situations. Garrett Wilson's fighting for target share. Drake London is in an offense that wants to run the ball 40 times a game. Uh, and you know the the Chris Olave, like he is clearly the standout player on the saints offensively, but the saints offense is horrible. So there is huge questions about really all of these receivers at the top of the list. Uh, Romeo dubs similarly, like the, some of the lows he's put on tape I think are you know are, are easy to hold against him um I guess if you made me take any player out of any of these you know I'm, I'm probably looking for Damian Pierce just because I think he's going to end up with the volume uh he seems to be the guy Houston wants to kind of lean on for their entire offense which is amazing but uh, that's the sad state they're in right now. So Pierce at seven to one would be my pick if I was going to make a bet in this market. But I'll be completely candid with you and tell you I have steered clear of the offensive rookie of the year betting market to this point, and I'm not really running to the window at this at any of these numbers. No,
2: I think Romeo Dobbs might have been favorite in the market had he hauled in that touchdown late from Aaron Rodgers to win the game and really bump up his stats as well. Yeah. But yeah, he's got his own question. He's got issues with drops, uh, and that's a very run heavy offense. With Pickett, I mean, yes, he's a quarterback. And if you're a good quarterback, then you win this award. But uh, it's no luck that he's going to be a good quarterback. And you look at guys like last year who had the whole season to start and had uh, more of an offseason to prep, like guys like Zach Wilson as a rookie, Trevor Lawrence. They were terrible. Uh, and they come in with more pedigree than Kenny Pickett Uh, And they would have both, even though they're quarterbacks, they still would have lost to like Najee Harris in offensive rookie of the year last year, who was never in the mix and was averaging like four yards per carry as a running back. So Pickett is no lock. The upcoming schedule is absolutely brutal. Uh, So I would not be touching Pickett at plus 750. I'd be more interested at George Pickens at plus seventeen hundred. I worry about Pierce just because that offense is just so dire. Davis Mills just sinks everything around him. I think that Damien Pierce is just going to have games where he has eight carries for 21 yards because he plays on the Houston Texans. So the guy I would be looking at in the market, I don't think it's a massive edge or anything, but I would back Brees Hall at plus 1,400. I think that should be more like 10 to 1. He had 17 carries last week against Pittsburgh, despite Game State not being entirely favorable to them. He has taken over that backfield. He was looking at more like 30% of snaps uh, in the backfield uh, against Pittsburgh. He had 45 snaps to Michael Carter's 29. And also, you do have to regress back to pedigree and the draft. And Brees Hall was a tier one running back by himself. He was the first running back taken for a reason. All of the next-gen stats, all the testing, the measurables – like, he compares favorably to guys like uh, Jonathan Taylor, LaDainian Tomlinson, <laughs> in terms of what yeah. he can do physically. Obviously, he's not those guys yet. But, I mean, he is... Uh, in terms of, like, Johnny Analytics versus Johnny Film Room, we definitely skew more Johnny Analytics. But just watch the guy. He's a freaking monster. <laughs> Incredibly talented. And I do think that his offense might not be as dire um, as we perhaps expected coming into the season, just because... There is upside in Wilson, as bad as he's been. Like He still is a second-year quarterback who has taken two in the draft. Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, the rejuvenated Corey Davis. Like They do have talent, and they have been able to put up points. So, Brees Hall would be the guy. I I don't feel super passionate about it, but I would bet him at plus 1,400. I think that's slightly above fair. Okay, okay. Higgins would be the next guy at plus 1,700. But, um, yeah, I would probably be waiting to let this market shake out. You're in on Bruce Hall. I talk you into it?
3: Well, you're making a lot of strong points and the fact that he has trended off of his peak in terms of price, it always interests me, right? Like the fact that he was 800 this summer and he's drifted, I'm like, ooh, let's keep an eye on that price. Um, His next matchup, I don't love. He's going up against a uh, a very stout Miami Dolphins team that's getting a full ten days of rest and regroup. uh, And I don't know that you know, really, just the Dolphins' defense and what they like to do scheme-wise against Zach Wilson is kind of perfect perfect to just absolutely stump him. Um, and so I think you could see a Jets team put up, I don't know, three, 10 points this weekend. But after that, he gets the Packers and he gets the Broncos and both the road games. But those two teams have been very soft against the run. Uh, most notably, like the last couple of weeks, uh, Packers just absolutely gashed in the run game against the Patriots. Broncos couldn't get off the field with Josh Jacobs coming at them. Um, so I think uh, if Hall has a little bit of a lackluster Um, performance this week against the uh, Dolphins I'll probably buy before those two opportunities for him to put up some serious numbers against the uh, the Packers and the Broncos
2: yep I like that I like that look okay before we jump into Eagles Cardinals uh guys you missed it check out Matthew Berry's new show Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry the legendary fantasy football analyst is back with NBC and Roto World doing what he does best breaking down love hate lists who to start and sit, and much more. There's also plenty of actionable betting information along the way for sports bettors as well. I'm about to hop on a plane to Connecticut to host that show with Matthew for the rest of the week. And on Sunday, uh, with Fantasy Football Pregame, myself, Matthew, and Michael Smith, uh, the weekday show is on Peacock at 12 p.m. Eastern, uh, or you can listen to the show in podcast form wherever you download and subscribe. Okay, Eagles-Cardinals. Eagles minus 5.5. The over-under is a juicy 49.5. Uh, now, firstly, before I ask you about your thoughts, I think this line is too small. I think that it's going to close a touchdown. I mean, the look-ahead was 3.5, which was clearly wrong. Uh, it's correctly ticked up to 5.5. It's, it's inching towards 6 now. And I think, there's, I think it will definitely close at least 6.5. I think there's a chance it gets to 7. But what do you think?
3: so this is a weird one we're in the dead zone uh it doesn't take much to see these numbers run away in either direction right like you blink and then you wake up in the morning and at six it's four right um and to this point at least looking at some of the market making books the circus the uh the bookmakers out there the the energy has been cardinal's Okay, it's been kind of get us down towards the four and a half. That could be a fake out. Somebody trying to get a good number for later in the week when limits are higher so that they can come in and just absolutely back up the Brinks truck on the on the Eagles. Or it could be because this time of year and through years past betting NFL, there's a little bit of signal here where people will take stand. They professionals will take a stand against an undefeated team. And the reason they do that is pretty straightforward. And it's actually somewhat explainable. There is no doubt in anyone's mind right now that from preseason prior, whatever you came into, even someone like you, people like us who were high on the Eagles, who were like, hey, bet them to be the ones you know, see, Even us, everyone has upgraded their prior on the Eagles, everyone. And the, at some point, there will be an inflection point on that and they will come back and regress. And there is some there is general intent to try to capture the, you know, the the inflation so to speak of how people are rating this Eagles team. And this game, even though it is a lackluster, extremely unimpressive Cardinals team. Like last week they won and it was just awful, ugly. Nothing you could take away from that Cardinals game where you're like they did some things that I really thought, you know, thought they popped. No, that was there was nothing there. Um, that said, they have a quarterback in Kyler Murray whose preseason prior was a top 10 rating. And this is a difficult trip. They're flying from Philadelphia to Arizona. And Philadelphia has Dallas next week, which is a more meaningful game for them for divisional purposes and and you know, and just in general, uh, you know, kind of organizational rivalry. So from a spot standpoint, I get why people want to shoot. Their bullets right now at the Eagles from a value standpoint, I get it. And I think that in general, that's going to keep this price either in the dead zone uh, or kind of move it, nudge it towards four and a half as we get closer oh, to kickoff. Okay. Interesting. What? My look with here is that <laughs> week one, what chase
2: was and a half point favorites in Arizona. Uh, Arizona's definitely been downgraded since then. I think that the Eagles, right now, they're rating like regular season is similar to what the Chiefs were coming into the season. So that's why I just don't think that five, five and a half, I I just don't think that that's that's big enough. Uh, I do, there is some concern that obviously when you have Kyler Murray and what should at least be a competent offense, that certainly Arizona can score late and um, can threaten a backdoor like Jacksonville did. Uh, But I just think this Arizona team is a complete disaster. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. Like, they're the one team in the league that can almost punt from on fourth and goal, um, which is miraculous. Uh, but, I mean, is, is there any, any hope for the Cardinals? Any look on them at plus 800 NFC West? I mean, we outlined why the Seahawks are a chance because of their quarterback situation. I mean, Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Geno Smith. Any interest in them potentially getting back to... I mean that was a favorite for the one seed in the second half of last season for a stretch. Is there any yeah. any chance that we're sleeping on the Arizona Cardinals?
3: Yeah, but I think we can get a better price still. Yeah. yeah. Uh ultimately, like they may be the value side in this game for all the reasons we've kind of mentioned. People trying to sell high on the Eagles, trying to buy low on the Cardinals. Right. This is this is a telltale. This is that's that's basically the 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 fu- the fundamental angle here. Um, and, but that said, they still probably lose this game, <laughs> and and at at a, at two and three, uh, and then potentially losing next week as well. You're looking at um two and four before uh, Hopkins returns. He's an interesting piece. He kind of changes the complexity of that offense. Um, the team that you know the, the 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 team that they trotted out against the uh, the Chiefs week one, they have already gotten a lot of pieces back, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and it just in general will continue to get healthier. Uh, I think I just need a I need a better buy point than eight to one for them. Um, yep. I think we just scoop the bottom of the barrel here on the NFC West <laughs> between now and like at the end of December. Uh, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, we'll have a, a positive hold on the house and or the Seahawks run away with it. And in that case, we just pat ourselves in the back. Yeah, go Seahawks.
2: I do think with the Cardinals, there has been a tendency that they have typically drifted throughout the week, like that Raiders game, and especially in what week two when that was in Vegas, but that opened like three, three and a half, and then closed five and a half in that range. Um, I mean, the Cardinals were like pick against the Carolina Panthers um, last week. So the market doesn't have a lot of respect for the Cardinals. And every week, this is now a, we're going to a year and a half now of the Eagles just firming every single week because the market adores them for the most part. Jacksonville did come in from seven to six and a half last week. Anyway, one to monitor. Uh, we'll see which way that goes. Either way, I suspect that the Eagles will be going to five and O. Now, we're done, Drew. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks, everyone, watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening in podcast form, please don't forget to subscribe and rate us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day.
1: Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph22 at Saucony.com. That's S A U C O N Y.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need.